you know, one of the things that I've noticed is that there's a lack of hope in the decision is, is the idea that, yeah, even if I do, it doesn't matter. At the very core, you realize like when you go and beyond the reward, the response, the reward, the cue, there's an identity thing. Mm -hmm. Is that internal sense of I'm not worthy, I'm not deserving. Identity shapes habits. Yeah. The good news is that habits can shape identity, identity. Yes. as well. Yes. You yes. change and what you do, good. it begins Absolutely. to amount to changing who you, how you see and yourself, that's encouraging. which is encouraging. Yes. Absolutely. I have been reading and digesting and walking through this process of understanding habits, right? And mm -hmm. a, a key part to that is is the um, example of a disciplined person, uh, which which and let me tell you what I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm saying this because you are the epitome uh. of a disciplined person, you know, and and uh, it disciplined behavior is like incredibly natural to you mm -hmm. um so here's what i'd like us to do is to talk through key learning points mm -hmm. that i'm having about this book um to hear your feedback uh and and just kind of see what you can add to to that just from mm -hmm. your perspectives hearing some of these ideas fresh yeah um uh from me as well all right. Well, first, let me let me start. <laughs> let me start this way. You're gonna hate this, but how long have you been disciplined? To? Like, <laughs> that's hilarious. Did you just like three year old just come out and take a nap I on was your born own like this? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm just saying. Uh, uh, it is. Um, uh, it's it's uh, incredible. To see it yeah i mean what are your thoughts yeah well i mean yes i'm sort of like talking tongue-in-cheek yeah. yeah obviously it's hard to say when um but there are definitely moments in my life where i it's like i it's like if you imagine superheroes right yeah where people have different superpowers and then i don't know maybe there's like a villain that comes and pops up and then the person has to really like engage their superpowers you know um laser eyes or I don't know, you know, one of those minds that can bend things. So, um, yeah, so I think for me, um, I don't necessarily know when it started, but the stuff that happened where when I confronted those things, I was going to, I, I, I specifically remember vividly making a decision that you, you're not going to mess with me because I'm about to apply my like superpowers oh. to deal with this thing. Yeah. So there's definitely incidences where that would have happened. That is fascinating. Um, yeah. So that's, you know, so those, that's, that's what I remember. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fascinating. Uh, and I, I think that explains a lot. Uh, <laughs> it explains tell, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Just the idea that, okay, Hey, we're going to, we're going to, you know, start cleaning, you know, the house, you know, regularly, I didn't really, I didn't know you really meant it. Like it's, we're actually going to start. It's just, it, it, to me, it's just like, wow, wait a minute. Um, yeah, I mean, it actually, these things are actually like yeah. expected to happen once yeah. it's declared. Yeah. That's I mean, amazing. it's it's, uh, it's like there's a, I mean, obviously there's like light decisions, you know, mm -hmm. that I make, which, you know, I mean, it depends because sometimes you make things, but you make decisions, mm -hmm. but you haven't really like truly made the decision as in you haven't really committed yourself to it. Right. Uh, so then that could fall by the wayside. I mean, I do that. However, there's some decisions that I very much mindfully make 
to say we are doing this or I am doing this and right. that's it okay it's getting done yeah. you know so that's what for me if I have to like map out my journey as somebody who and you know I've been reading a book recently that just really made conscious this thing of there's things called gifts that you are born with okay you know so a child could have a very mild enjoyable temperament temperament it's it's a gift you know just as much as you know you can get a child who is not as you know who's not like who doesn't have a nice personality so to speak sure um so for me i say it's a gift because it is a gift because truly for other people i know that the art of discipline is a hard thing so it is a gift like for me it's easy right and then the thing is that for things that are gifts is that how do you really utilize them yeah like how do you truly sort of like honor the giver sure because just because something is a gift and you live inside of it doesn't actually really mean that you're honoring the giver because it's a gift. You know what I mean? Like if you are born with, um, I don't know, uh, you, you're the sun, you, you glow. I mean, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, that's probably like not a great example, but you it's know, my point example. is that okay, yes. I'll, I'll drop it. But my, <laughs> I can't think of anything, but my point is that when something is, I don't know, like you're given with that, you're born with a great voice. Yeah, sure. So when the rest of us like have to press in to like hit the note with you, you just like open your mouth and it's like, ah, yeah. easy. Okay. It's a gift, but at which point are you really, so you opening your mouth and singing doesn't necessarily mean that you are truly utilizing a gift Mm -hmm. in a sense. You are just doing what a butterfly does, which is just to flap its wings. Got it. But for me is how do you really press in with your gifting to honor the, 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 the giver? So this is all sort of like going beyond just the convenience of opening your mouth and a nice song drops off or me, the convenience of, Oh, this needs to be done. I can do it and I can easily apply my gifting. So the thing that I'm trying to figure is, okay, God, you've given me this thing, but at which point am I really using this thing to serve you versus using this thing just because it's there and it's accessible? I mean, Got I don't it. even know if I'm making sense. I hear that. Yeah, but yeah. So for me, that's like the trick now because I realize that it is a gift. And so it is just, it is not hard for me. Got it. Got it. What, what book is that by the way? Uh, oh. oh, so I was reading a book called Mere Christianity okay. uh, by C.S. Lewis. So okay. in there somewhere, he really just talks about about the whole thing of gifts and people who lack them. Got it. And yeah, trying to bring things into, into neutrality because sometimes I think that we can worship gifts. Got it. And people that have gifts. So I think for me, maybe what I'm also trying to say is um, it is obviously fortunate that I got it, but it's almost like uh, don't give me any points for the fact that I got it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Can I Can I say something? I feel like for a good solid, you know, a couple years in our marriage, I had to I had to understand that. Like it took it took effort for me to understand that your gift to wake up every morning, you know, and go work out or or to just pray or read your Bible consistently, deliberately. And me, no, like I'm just in the bed the whole the whole time. <laughs> I had to understand that it wasn't an affront to me. You know, it no. wasn't a, an issue of comparison and that I need to strive or become or or match up. Um, I think as as soon as I allowed you to be you, uh, it's almost like I gave myself permission to be me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it allowed me then to discover like who I am mm-hmm. and to feel comfortable in my own skin with you. I think altogether that that added so much to our marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see that in so many relationships, friendships, um, 
where it's it, where we're stuck at seeing the gift yeah. as a challenge as opposed to seeing the gift as just who they are yeah and to like be okay with them being in their own skin and yeah. you know embracing that and living with it yeah and maybe also the tendency to like worship yeah i think all it is is that um yeah it's like i don't want this i mean of course when something somebody has something great of course we noted wow that's really great you've got a beautiful voice yeah but i think it's this thing where it's like uh i mean i don't know i guess i'm trying to like sort of like how do you humanize how, how do you humanize it and um i think for me it's that yeah don't like think don't give me like points for it don't think yes i'm better because i have it because well yeah you have it but it's not even because of me you know what i mean yeah talk about this book that that i i want to uh talk to you about it's uh written by an author named james clear um you can definitely check him out check out his work at jamesclear.com uh but he wrote a book called atomic habits and it definitely is become pretty quickly one of the keystone books about habits you know and habit forming uh so um it's 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 a fascinating book and mm -hmm. so what i think i'll start with is just kind of talk about you know how his concept of how how habits are formed you know and in, in, in the process that creates that um and it, it it essentially is created by four interacting things um and this is we know this from behavioral psychology uh, and just how humans think and work so you have a cue you have a craving you have the response and the reward. And this is a cycle that happens over and over again. So so the cue is just a trigger. A cue is a sight. Somebody mm -hmm. said something, a smell that you get, a time of the day. It's just something that happens is neutral. It has no meaning. But what it does immediately in the brain is create is create a difference of state. You know, hey, and so it's driven and given meaning by the craving. Okay. Right. So, so you have a cue and then a craving. So here's an example. Somebody steps on your toes. If you crave power and control, you get mad. You better not do that again. That's your mm -hmm. response, you know, mm -hmm. and then your reward is I feel powerful. So, but if somebody steps on your toes and your craving is connection and care, your first response is, are you okay? Are mm -hmm. you all right? You know, and then that's a reward. Mm -hmm. You are you know, a caring person. Mm -hmm. So cue driven by the craving, which creates the response, you know, what you actually do. And I'll say this, when we, when we often think about habits, we all zone into the response. I mean, that's the point of new year's resolutions. Oh, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and then create a new habit for the new year. And it's always focused on a response, but the issue is that we don't pay enough attention to the cues and the craving, mm -hmm. which are actually key to solidifying a habit okay. so the response is the action what you actually do to get that change of state so that you can get the reward and then of course the last stage re is reward interesting thing about the reward is that the reward is your expectation uh of uh, versus the results mm -hmm. and and like i the cue wanted this change of state i got it and then emotions kind of fill that space so if you're happy about it if you feel satisfied if you're you know then it's great that cue worked and boom you're locked into a new habit because now the brain says if i want to feel this thing again i've got to have this cue 
and then have a craving and then boom, boom, boom. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's essentially how a habit is created. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, you with me? Yeah, uh, yeah, sort of. I mean, you don't have to like break it down. Oh, no. In, um, that was my breakdown. Well, no, I mean, that's fine. I <laughs> yeah. mean, that's like, obviously, it's just sort of like the technical summary of the book. So the thing that I'm really interested in is how does this really filter down to Eddie? Okay. You know, sort of like beyond the textbook because yeah. that's like, you know, so yeah. quote, quote unquote, that's like the textbook I hear that. Um, mapping of what that is. And I mean, absolutely, it makes sense. But I am more curious to hear how, you know, beyond that, like what makes sense to you? What are your takeaways? What yeah. are some of like, you know, your, yeah. your, your points yeah. of impact yeah. and interactions and all of that? Yeah. So let yeah. me tell you why this subject matter really intrigues me. Mm-hmm. Um it's one of the missions of my life is to build bridges for people so they can have life, mm-hmm. you know, and not be burdened or buried under their circumstances. Yeah. Um, that's like my mission. And so one of the things that I know very well because of my work in therapy and human services is everybody's different yeah. and everybody's broken in a very different, different way. way. There mm-hmm. is no formula, no prediction pattern on how to fix people yeah. and how to create one bridge that helps everybody. But yes. what's fascinating about habits is that if I can understand how these things are formed, maintained, mm. I can understand a key internal component in the psychology oh. of people. Okay. Right. And so okay. now I could build the bridge around, you know, these these general patterns okay. you know of human behavior mm-hmm. that's what i love about this okay. um and and what i'm what i was looking for and what i am looking for in, in this book is um you know like well what what does it what does it take mm-hmm. you know uh so i i was looking at when i read this book i was looking at very specific issues i was looking at habits and identity okay you know like well, how does habits impact identity mm-hmm. um there was a, a subject of habits versus self-control okay can we talk a little bit about that oh the self-control oh, one. yeah actually because yeah. i remember you mentioning this and i thought wow that's actually pretty intriguing intriguing yeah, yeah. you know the concept of habits versus self-control okay. because i think i mean even before you go into it i think this there's probably like a misconception and there's probably like a place where for me I, I think we probably confuse the two things oh yeah um yeah yeah so can you tell us a little bit about that yeah no for sure for sure look i think one of the things that he talked about was a study that looked at what disciplined people do okay um and I'll what verify. it comes to I'll yeah verify. yeah you verify <laughs> all right so so the thing that they found obviously <laughs> intuition says oh yeah disciplined people uh, just have a lot of self-control uh, like these guys <laughs> just make a decision and they do it and they kill it and yeah, you know well, what i'm saying they wake up five o'clock in the morning they eat strawberries and carrots for breakfast and you object because- okay all right all right all right, all right. so <laughs> so what 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 the research found uh, is that it's not that disciplined people are better at self-control. They're better at avoiding the cues okay. that leads to the wrong cravings that creates the wrong responses. Okay. They just don't buy the junk food. Oh, oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, they yeah, set yeah. up their day yep, yep. so that the run in yes, the morning is easy. That is true. Um, and the craving is set in so that they know if I don't do this yes. run early five o'clock in the morning, I'm going to be a mess. 
at 11.30 in the morning. Yep. You know, so the craving is set and all these other pieces <laughs> yes, are in place. It's, it's not better bad. self-control. It's essentially the ability ah, to avoid good. the cue that creates the bad patterns. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, because I, I, it's funny that you use the they don't buy junk food. I, I mean, now that I live with a lot of other people in my house. <laughs> so many people. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have to buy things that I probably wouldn't buy if I, were, I, I lived by myself. But yeah, I remember actually when I lived by myself, there just were certain things I wouldn't buy. So I wouldn't mm. buy chocolate. Okay. Because why? Like, why put my, you know, why should I be like, oh no, let me not eat chocolate every single day? I'm like, no. So let's say the decision is okay, I'm not going to eat chocolate every single day. So I go to the stores, I just don't buy it. The day I buy it is because I've decided that today we're going to eat the whole chocolate bar. So that's mm-hmm. definitely how I work. And you are right also that part of the power with being disciplined is I understand the cues. So for me, my cue is okay, so I'm going to run or I'm going to work out, let's say, four, four, four times a day. Yeah, the first thing I do, and as far as life allows, but I mean, I guess it, in our case, you know, we've already set, set up the pattern. So the first thing that I do is get up mm-hmm. and then I go do that thing. Mm-hmm. Like I just shut out sort of like the noises right. around my commitment to do something. So that's what I engage, right? Um, and then I go do it. Mm-hmm. Um because the other realization for me there was actually a time where I could not work out like my because you know my body and it's like setting up because you are right it's beyond just self-control it's you are disciplined and there's a sense of what needs to be achieved but part of it is you actually build a framework around yourself yeah. that is going to make possible the thing you've committed to do right so part of the framework when it comes to exercising is that I realized that for me and for my body it is the and for my mind this is the one thing that I can do with the least amount of resistance when it's the first thing in the morning. Yeah. Right. So on the outside, it just looks like, man, this person just that is not tempted by the bed. This person, yes, is disciplined. But yes, and yes, fine, you know, I'm disciplined. But there is this, you know, architectural framework yeah. of how I function best that I've also built in. That actually really makes the actions easy. Right. So there was a time where I could not work out in the morning. Trust me, I am more susceptible then to not having it, to not working out if I have to do it in the afternoon. Sure. So what that then requires is it actually requires a great push and energy and effort for me to be like, okay. Because I remember when I lived in Johannesburg where I could not work out in the morning, I had to do it in the evening. That took a lot more for me okay. to make it happen. But... If it was, okay, you need to study in the evenings, mm-hmm. I would understand that my body's attuned for evening times and then it's the same thing. It's like, there's, you know what I mean? It's almost yeah. like rec- it's, it's self-awareness is actually important. Sure. Uh-huh. Like on that topic of it's not just that people have more self-control, yeah. which is true, but then what it is is that you have to be self-aware. Sure. And what you're doing is that you are tapping into and capitalizing on the self-awareness that, hey, I'm one of those people who at nighttime, if I have to sit and write, man, I just, it flows. Yeah. Right. But if I try to do it in the morning, uh, it doesn't flow. So it's like, you almost have to look at yourself and become aware of when is a certain things easy for you to do. Yeah. And then it's easier now to channel and to begin to build habits, which then over time, then, you know, it's like the energy required to even think about doing that thing lessens. Got it. Because now all of you is tuned to, hey, it's six o'clock. Why are you still in bed? So over time, you know what I mean? So like the habits and then I guess then habit becomes discipline. 
Yeah. Right. right. Uh, or, or whatever. I mean, I don't know sort of like how the pattern works. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, no, that's fascinating. And, and that's the, you know, that's like what you just said that was the biggest takeaway that I've gotten from this book mm-hmm. is the idea that the, the alignment, the effort wasn't, the, your effort was poured not into the activity itself, no. but to the things that preceded the activity. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's fascinating. <laughs> no, it's not, a, it, it really is not, yeah. I mean, of course, there's certain activities where the activity in itself requires you to like pour in yeah, the effort yeah, yeah. into sure, it, sure, you know sure. what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I think, so that's what I'm talking about, about the framework. Right. You know, which requires self-awareness yes. of what works, what doesn't work. But you're right. So part of, because the thing is that once you're on the road, you're on the road, so the run is happening. So boom. Yeah. I mean, unless if you're going to sort of like drop out Correct. halfway and say, I'm going <laughs> Can I? No, I want to say something though. I, like, no, you finish. I'm going to tell you something. Yeah. Yeah. Unless if you know, you, you're going to drop off like halfway in your run and be like, ah, no, I'm not doing this. I'm going home. Uh-huh. But I would say that maybe for the most of us, once you're on the road, there's the encouragement and the push to say, sure. okay, we, 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 we're doing this. Yeah. But the greatest work is getting on the road in the first place. Correct. You know, so Correct. that's really where the effort and the energy energy you know yeah needs to come in yeah you see and the author talks about this thing uh called the two minute rule okay uh and and the the focus of this is do any new challenging habit just for two minutes Mm. and and you going for a run at five o'clock in the morning for two minutes might look like you getting up putting on your shoe and walking up to the door okay and then you're you're done and the the issue that he's saying is like the what you're trying to teach yourself is how to show up yes oh wow that's you know if you could get that down yeah you're, you're sure. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, because the most powerful thing then is that you got out of bed. It's right. true. You did not make it the whole way. But I can imagine that you keep doing that every single day. Guess yeah. what? At some point, you're going to be like, bro, just open the door. Yeah, man. <laughs> just go <laughs> just do just this thing. <laughs> you know, oh, man. Oh, well, you walked the, the block. Uh, come on. We've been yeah. doing the same for two weeks. I think yeah. we can go further. Right. So I love that because what that speaks of, and I really feel like that is... Um, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, for me, a lot of things in my life, I measure them against how does God treat with this, right? Mm. So for me, that's almost like an example of how God often deals with us, mm-hmm. which is this step by step. Yeah. Right. Oh, and even like with kids, right? Because when your child starts crawling, you don't say, oh, you are so lazy. You better start running. <laughs> I mean, you don't say that. It's a sense of, oh, wow, look at you. You're trying, you know. Oh, wow, look at that, you know. I mean, not that we even have to teach them anything. Mm-hmm. But I'm just sort of like talking about our our interaction with our kids when yeah. they learn is that there's encouragement because like, oh, wow, you know, this person was just being, well, lying flat. And then now, oh, they can roll on one side. Yay. Or now they can sit on their butts. Yay. Or look at that. Now they can crawl. Yay. So it's that, well, that same thing. I get what you're saying because the fact that you just used to sleep through the clock. Mm -hmm. And now not only you're not sleeping through the clock, you're waking up and you're snoozing it. You you got out of bed. Mm -hmm. And maybe day one, you just went to pee, Mm -hmm. which you never do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and fine. You got back out to be- out of bed. Day two, snooze the clock. Went to pee. You looked at the shoes. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then I don't know. Day five, you're like, you know what? Ah, I'm gonna put the shoes on. I'm gonna put my gear on. So for me, it's that in the same way that we upload these small baby steps. Yeah, right. I get it. That wow, for somebody who is trying to change a habit, mm-hmm. because oftentimes it's just so much pressure. Yeah, that man, I'm not running the five k yet. 
but it's this thing that and and what we do is we abort the whole process yeah right so for me what's powerful about that is no don't abort the process always look at where were you yesterday and what did you do today yeah was it a baby step yeah does it look insignificant to you yeah but is it a change in the right direction? Yes. Yeah. Then you're on the right track. Mm-hmm. You know. So I think that's just so powerful because when we fail, we can just say, you know what? Ah, suga. You know, never mind. I'm just not even gonna try. Sure, sure. Versus, okay, I made it to the door today. Tomorrow I'm gonna open the door. Mm-hmm. Yay! Tomorrow I'm going to walk three steps out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. So I think that's just such a that's like really powerful and just so encouraging to say let's Completely. just don't abort the process just because you are not at the destination yet. Yeah, celebrate the small steps you've taken so far, even if they don't, they look like they suck. It's not where you want to be. Your friends are running half uh, half marathons. Sure, and you out here just still struggling with tying your shoelaces. Sure, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. solidify everything you're saying by just i'm gonna just speak to how do you create a new habit like legit according to this book and really according to just human thinking this is how a new habit is created okay uh part one the effort response right you focus on that and the, and the point isn't the point is execution the point is putting in reps what you need mm-hmm. to do is keep repeating the cue, keep repeating the cue over and over again until the cue becomes automatic yeah. and then you begin to develop a craving for i.e. you see, yes. Yeah. So oh, yeah. so once yep, the yep, craving yep. is locked yeah. in, yeah. solid. Yeah. You're done. Oh, you're done. So it's not oh, an issue done. of, oh, just do something for three months and then you've formed a habit. No. no. You can you can get a habit down in a week. If you put in the reps, yeah, you know, and essentially create that automatic cue, which creates that automatic craving, yeah. And once you have that craving in, it's just like, dude, I've got to, I've got to go ride that yeah. bike, man. It's, it's true. been it's a two a days, like that's true. But and know. then that's like autopilot, though. Yeah, it's. I mean, of course, it's always human decision, which can you know redirect things. Mm-hmm. But the thing with the craving is autopilot mode, because and that's the thing for me, where because I've been running for so long. Mm-hmm. Running is no longer a, are we going to go run? I mean, never mind the logistics of, okay, which day is Eddie riding his bike? Which day am I going to run? I mean, never mind that. Right. But it's not a thing of, are we going to run? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like already locked into my body. Yeah, correct. It's, it's, it's happening. Just, it's, it's happening. Right. And if I don't, then my body's going to start to complain. Like my whole psyche is going to start to complain to say, well, I mean, hello, it's been a week. You have not done anything. Yeah. But I, it's it's what you're describing now is that the craving, which is sort of like beyond just your mind, it's like inside of you, yeah. is a thing now. I, I guess is ultimately the thing that just keeps the habit going. Yeah. And before you know it, it's like, man, you're so disciplined. You can wake up every single day to go run, right? And actually on that topic, I mean, I'd love to hear a little bit more about you and bike riding because between you and I, I'm the one who, because I've had so many years of doing the whole exercising thing, um, you know, we sort of like know my story. But when you and I got married, you developed that sort of like, you know, a few years in. Mm -hmm. I mean, we did go to work out together, but for you, it was always like a drag. Yeah. And of course it happened because 
hours there and was teamwork, which yes. is something to also say that or sometimes when you are trying to start something, of course, having community can go a long way in helping Correct. you do the reps, as you were Correct. saying. Correct. So that before you know it, the craving, um, you know, yeah. falls in. But so I'm curious as to how did you move from really not wanting to do any of this yeah. to now, oh my goodness. Like, I mean, it's shocking for me. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> there's there's a couple of factors um, yeah. uh, <clears throat> that that contribute to that. One is, is what you just said. Uh, I address the craving issue. Uh, and one of the ways you do that is by putting yourself in the community where the thing you want to be is the norm, mm. right? So, okay. so what I had was one, I immersed myself on the online cycling community. I love data and numbers. So I got like the watch, I got like the app so I can see, you spend oh, the money. I spent that money. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't just about, you know, uh, going out and just spinning, but like I was actually trying to hit numbers yeah. that built my my craving for oh man i hit this i want to go i want to go further i think i think the other piece is that is that pain is a pain is a really efficient teacher mm-hmm. um so actually um uh creating some pain which was spending the money you know and taking like that chance on you know this isn't something i could drop because oh, we just mm-hmm. bought this this bike like that was uh-huh. a bit of pain um <laughs> But it, it it was one of the things like I'm gonna get out there because this is what it is, yes. um, and, and of course at this point it's been automated because the other key thing that I did was that I I joined cycling with another passion of mine which is like listening to a book. Oh yes, you know audio oh, yes, yes, and yes, now yes, it's yes. like doubly beautiful yeah. i'm like oh yeah i want to go sweat i want to go work out and i want to finish this next chapter in the book yeah. and listen to it yeah. Yeah, wow, that's pretty cool. Mm. Well, actually, so now when you're saying the um, uh, pain, mm-hmm. so what you are, in your case, what you are saying pain is, is the sense of accountability. Yeah. Right, yes. because we spend a lot of money on the bike. Come on, girl, you don't have to say it right <laughs> into the mic. I mean, like, chill, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so if that bike remained, uh-huh. and, and I mean, and this is an important example, because I don't think that it applies to everyone. Sure. Because for some people, they can still, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. we spent five thousand on a bike, which yours was not five thousand, oh, but I'm no. just throwing <laughs> <laughs> I'm just throwing out a number. Um, and for some people they need something else to trigger them. Sure, right? of course, of course. To saying, Okay, well I need to do this. But in your case, it's like, okay, we spend a lot of money. So you putting the bike and just not riding it create a sense of, okay, I have to actually be accountable. Right. Because correct. we started with a cheaper bike and then we upgraded to a much more expensive bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a sense of okay, I have to be accountable, which is the pain. You know, because yes. you're not just sort of like living the way you want, but you're bringing other people yeah. uh, into your space to make you feel uncomfortable yeah. and then to help you to react in the way that you actually really want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think then part of the self-awareness is that what is the thing for you that will help you to sort of like get on the path? Yeah. Right. Because if it's nothing, then I think that's like really hard to get yeah. out of bed. Yeah. Like if, if, if it is nothing. nothing, then that's hard. But I think right. it's important for each person to then figure out what that thing is for them. Yes. That will help them. That will add to the push to say, get started. like the 
most atomic at the most atomic level of developing discipline uh, in a habit. Uh, the most powerful part to it is is your decision. Yes, is you actually yes. making a decision. Uh, and I have I have like a man. I have such a hard time with that because, um, you know, it's it's just a question of like what is it that stops some of us from being able to make a decision mm. in the right yes. direction? Yes, you know, yes. and feeling so powerless that is not there. You know, uh, but the decision. Um, I mean. What's your sense of the decision, like the power of your decision in each day and how that navigates kind of what happens for you? Uh, I think there's some things for sure where making a decision is easy. And then, of course, there's stuff where making a decision is kind of like hard, right? Uh Because we all think about different things differently. You know, like you sort of like think of yourself. Like, okay, there's some things where some if somebody said, "Hey, do you want A or B?" You quickly say, "Oh, I want A." But there's other things where the more you think about it, the harder it is to decide because it kind of can sort of like become this spiral loop effect. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, and I do, and I mean, depending perhaps what a person is sitting and considering changing or not. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be like an easy thing or it could be very difficult. But I mean, I suppose maybe let's try and not get too complicated. Maybe let's sure, just sure. keep it at the level of, um, you know, I don't know, for, you know, I guess the the ordinary things, you know, in, in, yeah. in, a, in a person's day. Um, so yeah, how, do, how does it work? I mean, so there's some things where. I because I I think I tend to be a doer, uh-huh. right? uh huh, right. Some sometimes to my own detriment, okay. but I realize that honestly I'm one of those people who is more inclined to saying, "Oh, okay, so we want something, all right, let's just go do it." Okay, mm-hmm. and sometimes I'm saying that, but you know maybe we're actually not really fully prepared. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, let's say, oh, we want to change the look of this room. Oh, and I'm gonna go do it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go to Home Depot, buy paint supplies, and let's do it. Mm-hmm. So I tend to be like that with stuff. Uh, but I think now, for example, being at home and being with the kids and wanting to do stuff, which honestly, without the, you know, the weight of life. Those things would be easy to do, but now it's like, how do you make a decision when there's so many other things to carry that if anything, it should pull against you making that decision. Right. Right. Let's say I want to sit down and do some admin Mm -hmm. that they say I need to do every single day. I could delay it, but like, you know, if I do it every single day, this thing will be done. Um, But they're the kids. And maybe by the time I sit down to try to do it, I'm very tired. Yeah. It's like, how do I make like the decision then? Right. 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 But I think what it is for me is the reps. Okay. Right. So for example, even the whole thing of reps, I see it because I decided that, okay, I'm going to start learning how to play the piano. Yeah. Right. right. It's not like there's times when I'm sitting on the couch and I'm like, she was, I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. Sure. 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 I don't want to get up, but I actually realize that the more I do it and I don't skip days, the easier it is. Mm-hmm. Even when I sit on that couch and I'm tired, the transition from couch to piano chair is much easier. So I think we cannot take away that there is a, an element of difficulty, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but some choices have to be made. And it's like, are you going to, and, and, and we can't take away the fact that the tr- making that choice is not going to be easy until you put in the, the work. Right. Like they just like human decision. Like there's no overriding that, correct? Because unfortunately, there's no magic juice. 
Yeah. You know, so it's like even me, I'm like generally like a very super disciplined person. But guess what? Even I still like have to make choices. Like, yeah. Are you going to get up uh, and go sit on the piano chair? Yeah. Or are you not? Yeah. But I almost try to get myself in that place where the decision making, it's like I'm so activated on the on the on the on the action that the battle becomes a haze in my mind. Okay. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Like that's that okay. like especially in the beginning, I will huh. put my mind on single mindedly we are going to be sitting on the chair every single day and the reason i do that is because i know that if i can push myself and lock myself into the decision first portion thereafter i'm not gonna always have to battle yeah Yeah. so i know that because of sort of like you know personal experience so i know that that if i can do this I know. Like, I know the reward is around the corner. Yeah, that's good. You know, but I mean, I would say that it's kind of like hard because unfortunately when you're not living in a bubble with just yourself, but you're living with people where the very good thing you want to do keeps getting challenged by all these other things. Sure, sure. That's very hard. Of course. And that's where I guess willpower and I guess where, I don't know, like the self-control, self-restraint, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. I mean, yeah. because unfortunately you can't do like, you. Can't, I'm like, I don't think... The Bible mentioned these things if we could just sort of like live life and bypass them. But I think it's mentioned because guess what? Even when we talk about these models of building habits and blah, blah, blah. And yes, even where the craving and blah, blah, blah will do the work for you. Somewhere in there, self-control is still needed. You know, self, Correct. you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like it's still, you will yeah, still yeah. need a measure. Patience. Yeah, absolutely. It's still needed. You know, yeah. grace is still needed. You are going to fall, but are you, can you get up or you're going to just remain down? Yeah. So all of these things. So I think it'd be important to like not create this impression. And then, which is why I don't like these, um, um, sort of like fly by night, quick decision, quick solution kind of thing. Cause so like, no, that's junk. Mm-hmm. Most things that are, have longevity don't work like that. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, it is important sometimes to realize the triggers that can help you set on a certain path. Yeah. But once you are there, guess what? You're going to probably have to engage all of these other things. Yeah, man. You know, yeah. patience, self-control, you know, community, yeah. you know, uh, grace, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, you know, I think um, I think another and thank you for that. I think I think those are really good examples um, of why decisions aren't made. You know, one of the things that I've noticed um, working with people in therapy is that there's a lack of hope in the decision is is the idea that, yeah, even if I do, it doesn't matter. Like, mm-hmm. what is it? What will it change? What will it affect? And so so at the at the very core, you realize, like, when you go and beyond the reward, the response, the reward, the cue, there's an identity thing, mm. you know, that that kind of speaks mm. and amplifies and holds on to wrong thinking, wrong habits, wrong discipline. Um, and so, yeah, I, you know, is that is that internal sense of I'm not worthy of the change. Um, I'm not deserving. Um, uh, you know, I'm less than I, it's just, it's just this internal core lack of hope and identity. Um, and, and again, the book talks about identity shapes habits. Yeah. The good news is that habits can shape identity yes. as well. Yes. You yes. change and what you do. Good. It begins absolutely. to amount to changing who you, yeah. how you see and yourself, that's which is encouraging. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think what's, what's required as well 
where we need to begin to bring in these other key values of patience and, and deliberate effort and mm-hmm. self-control. Um, it's, it's in that, it's in that journey, that fight yeah. for your identity. Yes. You know, uh, you have to be able to, to begin to, to hope for value for yourself. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the things that he highlights very early on is that the way actions work, it's not like, and you know, putting money in a savings account and then over time is actually more like it has a compounding effect. Okay. Yes, you know, that's you true. put in effort and yeah, yeah it saves, but the Within more you put it in, like the yeah. more multiplied yes. you you perceive it. Yeah. Like it, it actually means more. Yeah, okay. You know, uh, as you do it. Okay. And it compounds over time and it becomes kind of a part of you. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to my little effort means nothing. Yeah. You know, yeah, put your little effort in there and yeah. then do it again yes. and then do it another time. And you realize over time that, yeah, no, this is this is accumulating. This mm-hmm. is going somewhere. This means something. Yeah. Well, you know, I like that. That um, identity shapes habits. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the, for me, that makes absolute sense. Yeah, of because course. it's like which is why for me, from like a parenting perspective, it's that um, even the language that. You know, and this like been like a very recent, you know, moment of clarity. Um, you know, it's like even the language that we use, right? It's so important. Um, you know, to helping, um, to helping um, a person to begin to form habits or perceive themselves correctly because it's yeah. like the minute you perceive yourself correctly, it is actually going to help us to turn around yeah. some of the behavior. Right. Um, and one of the, th- the things the, the things that has been in my heart is there's a scripture where um, a person prays and says, I believe help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. Right. So what the person mm-hmm. has done is that they've actually claimed the identity as in I believe I, I'm a person of faith. Now let's work on really my daily habits yeah, yeah but you, yeah. do you see what they do so it's like the two things yeah. i believe so it's like i'm claiming that yeah. i am full of belief i have faith right but on the other hand i'm not you know so ignorant as to say well oh, you you know everything is fixed it's like no i'm also self-aware and i do realize that my habits um are off and there's actually specific things in my life that needs to be worked out right but that is actually very different to somebody if somebody were to say I don't believe, please help me. It's a very different thing because what you're doing is that you're sort of like a claiming a negative state. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's just been like just such an important thing to say yes. Always start with stating your, the, your correct identity. Even if you feel like you haven't reached it, state your correct identity. But then inside of that, you recognize too that, okay, so these areas need to be worked out. Yeah. So it's like it's something that I've been applying to myself and also the kids. Okay, to say, yes, you are a hard worker, but let's begin to learn to deal with, you know, the areas where you are lagging behind and we need to basically like deal with the habits, um, you know, pick up your clothes, remember to do this. But we have assigned your identity as you are a con- conscientious person who's hardworking, you are full of faith, you know, you, you are worth something. Yeah. So for me, that is so powerful. Yeah. And can I just say that you've been you've been speaking about this issue of I believe on my unbelief um for a while, you know, in our in our conversations. And the thing that's been really impacting me about that is um is the order of it. Exactly. You know, it's like you it doesn't matter if even if you don't have faith, you create momentum 
with the little faith you have. Yes. Like you do something. And so it's not just a, a declaration, but it's like, I'm going to move forward. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think the image that you gave the other day was like, if, if God says, hey, pick up and I want you to move to Canada, uh, you're going to pack up the house. You're going to buy the ticket. You're going to yeah. go to the airport. And then on the way to the airport, you say, God, like, help me understand what you're doing here. Yes. You know, so it's like, I believe. Yes. And my effort and, and my responses are going to show that. But but you can also validly have a help my unbelief yes, moment. Conversation. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. not really sure where all of this is going. Yeah. Yeah. Because but that's a part see, of the maturation. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly. That's a part of the maturity process. You, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, you you don't have sight of where you're going or what's next. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Yeah. You know, um, but the, the important thing is that you put it in gear yeah, and you say, I'm going, Yes, you know, because this is what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I'm, I'm scared. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, later. Yes. I'm scared. I don't yeah. know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, so I love that. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, was good listen i think what i want to do yeah. is um at the very end of the book uh he he's like drops like wisdom nuggets it's in the appendix it's not even like a part oh, of the yeah. book I, think you I, I, I want to drop a couple of those yeah, yeah, and then yeah, like yeah. let's bring just, on, just a, a quick yeah. <laughs> a quick like yo how's that hitting you right now yeah bring it on i remember right, I think right. you so, said, so here's one of them okay so happiness is not an achievement it is the lack of a desire to change Whoa, okay, that's deep. Happiness yeah. <laughs> is not an achievement. Yes. It is a it's lack a, it's of an absence of desire. To change. Oh, yeah. snippity snap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Show that one for a second. No, I mean, like, for real, I guess what it highlights to me is that <clears throat> this isn't this isn't really a game of emotions, hey? Yes. Like, this whole life thing, it's not, and, and it's, Emotions are so front and center often that we take those as cues on how to act and how to behave and what to do next. But really, when you boil down what the emotions are, it's all about the state of being. And if you can find a way to be aware of your state of being, maybe then that affects how you utilize your emotions and where you put them, you know? Mm. Can you say that again? No, I can't. Happy, that, oh, oh, you mean okay, yeah, like what no, I just said? No, no, it's just, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. no. Happiness is simply the absence of desire. Happiness is not an achievement. It is the lack of a desire to change. It's a lack of a desire to change. Wow, happiness is a lack of a desire to change. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess what it could say, it could also mean um, is because again, it's not like you know the gospel that this guy is, is, is preaching is one that we just sort of like accept without interrogation, right? Yeah. Uh, but let me. I mean, the thing that I guess it could mean is that is it possible that you are happy because you are stagnant? Oh, sure. Because when you're stagnant, oh, it's like so, oh, you know, yeah, just sort of like right. you know floating by. Right. And and maybe for there was a season where you floating was fine. Right. But mm-hmm. now it's like, well, it's a new season. You actually have to go upstream. And yeah. that's gonna be hard. And you're not gonna be happy. But that's okay. Because the objective is not just happiness. It is growth that will lead to deeper joy. Ah, uh, right. 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 So for me that's sort of like how I distill that that mm-hmm. statement. Yeah. 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 Um, Let's see the next one. All right, you want another one? Okay, mm-hmm. so ah, 
Yeah, right. so tell me the ones that really hit you like um, more profoundly than others, or that impacted you more more than others. There, there are some that's like a little bit too big to chew. Okay. Uh, and and really, what I'm going to read out here is one that I I rewrote it like in a way for me to to, to chew on it. it. Okay. okay. So uh, here's one: hope is a catalyst to action. Yeah. But experience metabolizes hope into acceptance. Experience metabolizes hope into acceptance. Okay. Yeah. So that's it. I mean, it's like hope declines with experience and is replaced with acceptance. It's, uh, I mean, we need hope to start. Yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we, we, so there's this, there's this issue of there are certain things that we have to act out on and we have to do it without seeing it, without yes, knowing, yes, yes. without knowing the, and, and so it requires that type of mm-hmm. energy hope and hope and faith. Yeah. Um, but once we get into the road <laughs> and we're walking it and we've matured and mm-hmm. we've, it becomes acceptance, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not so much a, um, yeah, it's not so much a, uh, and, and I, yeah. well, I mean, I think it's not so much as, and I hope X because part of it for me. So let's suppose, you know, you are running, right. And you're running to lose weight or to, I don't know, to get healthy, to get your blood pressure, you know, measurements, you know, in a healthy level, whatever. So how I would understand that is that, yeah. So in the beginning, before you start running, there's this hope that, okay, I want to lose weight. I want to become healthier. Yeah. So it's like health high. It's this beacon of light that's sort of like shining. Yeah. But then you start running. But that, that, so part of the reason why hope will diminish is because you start hitting some of the, uh, you know, your matrix. Right. So you don't need as much hope and as much faith because things are actually becoming metabolized. Right, right. Um, or, yeah, like things are becoming a bit more concrete. That's good. Because remember, hope is also like things, you know, faith, things unseen, da, da, da. But now I'm beginning to see elements of it. Yeah. So I don't need as much hope because I'm actually physically start, starting to touch stuff. Like, yeah. oh, wow, wait, look at that. I actually just bought a new wardrobe. Right, right, right. You know, maybe you're not yet where you want to be, but you just bought a new wardrobe. Sure, sure. So the amount of hope now, because this thing has become more tangible, mm-hmm. is not as, you don't require as much as you did in the beginning. Makes sense. But of course, you know that if you stop, I mean, you, you can go back. But either way, though, there's almost like also a momentum for me, that starts to feed into this journey because mm-hmm. you started and you're beginning to almost enjoy some of the fruits yeah. of yeah. having gone down the road. Yeah. Where not not only do you not need as much hope, but all this other momentum is also part of the thing that propels you yeah. to keep going. Definitely. You know, and of course you still do need a measure of hope because you don't you haven't like sort of like fully seen or realized the entirety of your of your goal. So for me, that's how I understand. That's pretty good. Right. It's pretty good. It actually reminds me of when we were young and free and had no kids and we're traveling. <laughs> we're traveling the United States of America. Please tell me and then we would, we would go to like Hollywood and our hope was like, oh, it's going to be Hollywood. And we got there and it was yeah. like, uh, all you right. Mean, like Hollywood. It's, it's Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, I guess not. I see the sign. Yes. So, all right. One more. And then, you know, okay. uh, all right, this is a good one. So. Peace occurs when you don't turn your observations into problems. Oh, man. Well, see that, that yeah, wow, that's, that's, a, <laughs> yeah. that's a heavy hit. That thing will fix wow. a whole bunch of marriages. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, th- that, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, man, that's a good Peace one. Peace ob- occurs when you do not turn your observations into problems. Right. Can I just say something? Yeah. A, a recent experience for me. 
mm-hmm. where I'm like, I get it, is I read a book. So homeschooling the kids. So I read a book, very sound uh, book uh, on homeschooling, you know, like just sound advice. Somebody who's been homeschooling, I think, for like years. Um, you know, gave like really just great advice that, you know, this is how you create like um, a peaceful homeschooling environment that's unharried. Hey, these are like some of the things that, you know, from my experience, you know, says the person I've observed, just giving a great perspective, all of that. Mm-hmm. So obviously as a reader, I'm observing their life, right? And I'm observing right. their journey. But I remember after I read that book, I was just like bothered. Uh-huh. It's like my peace was just gone. I was disturbed. I'm looking at what I'm doing in the case and I'm just like, you know, I'm just like not happy. And I'm and I can rightly say no, there was nothing wrong that the book the person said in the book. There really was nothing wrong. It's actually very sound, you know, um sound things, wisdom that this person is sharing. But I was bothered. And I think part of the being bothered is because now somehow my mind, because it's, if something is good, right? Mm-hmm. I think the, the assumption is, well, I mean, hello, look at what you have and begin to shift around right. and to change it so that it can look at this wonderful picture that you agree is actually wonderful. Right. So it's, so, so it's, so I get it because then the thing that came to my mind as I was just like bothered and praying about this, is that, yeah, just because there's good advice, good observation, does not mean you need to implement it. Right. Nor is it for your life. Correct. So you have to still filter the yeah. very good things and say, well, okay, so out of all of that, uh, okay, God, so what really affects me? Yeah. Do I even need to change anything? Yeah. Oh, right. no. Good advice. Keep it in your head or throw it out because mm-hmm. it doesn't apply to you. So I right. get it. Because the minute I I see the observation, there's just a weight and an expectation that you gotta apply it. But guess what it does to my piece, which literally happened, right. was my piece went flying out of the door because of my own personal expectations that I need to take observations because surely they are good and somehow apply them. Yeah, right, that's good. So for me, like when you say that, like I should totally get it when I think of that. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know? that's powerful. But that's like now level where it's like wisdom. Mm-hmm. It's like what do we observe? Because some things for sure, they go past your eyes because you are supposed to observe them. And they are supposed to rightly disturb you because you need to change. Yeah. But there's many other things that we observe that are none of your business. Sure. Right. And we have to also learn to just like sort of like shut our attention from those things. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes right. a lot of sense. Oh, man. Okay. All right. But so. wait, no, but what about you? Though? I thought you were going to comment on that. What did you understand about the, the Oh, no, statement? that was so good. Oh, I mean, gosh. Okay, you know, the, uh, yeah, <laughs> everything fine, you said was fine. so good. I think uh, <laughs> it was just that. I mean, okay. it, it's, it's, uh, I immediately thought of marriage. I thought of parenting. Mm-hmm. I just thought about walking through the house and seeing somebody that didn't close the sugar uh, correctly. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like a whole entire topic right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my word. And, and the fact I get to choose, again, decision on whether I make that a problem or not. Or, you know, that's good. I'm looking out the window and my kids are really not playing correctly with my water hose. I get to choose whether I make that a problem or not. You know, and so it's, it's a decision right there where I can choose peace or I can choose to go after it. But I think just the tangibility of that awareness you know that decisions the most powerful on the atomic level of what you do uh of what happens in your world man it could change everything so yeah 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 i'll take that well okay that's like a whole other um <laughs> podcast <laughs> that's that last one yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure <laughs> for sure 
stupid. Okay. All right. All well, right. then we can stop it there then. Yeah. I'm All right. That. Well, listen, guys, we are so grateful. Here, I want to give you a couple um, resources. Again, this book that we're talking about today's um, Atomic Habits by James Clear. I want to encourage you all to visit our website, defyingself.com, to listen to this podcast. But just a couple more resources um, at edvardoarcher.com. Uh, you can actually go in and read my summary of, of the book in terms of like how it fell and how I got it. And you can also subscribe and I'll send you 25 pages of my notes that I took raw notes, uh, from the book. So just to make that available, he's a nerd. um, Oh no, but (laughs) it was so good. (laughs) It was good. Uh, so, so you guys check that out and, and, uh, yeah, be empowered, um, to get some of this under your belt. All right. Great stuff. Okay. Take care, guys. See you next time.